stay tuned now for readings from the sixth annual Pan-African Slam that happened February 10th. The Arts Report was there and we recorded and we'll be uh, displaying various readings throughout Black History Month, which is February. Uh, and this is uh, Patricia Smith, who is a uh, amazing performer. Uh, she's won uh, international poetry slams more time than anyone else. She's been on Deaf Poetry Jam. And uh, please uh, keep in mind there is some uh, sexual and uh, quite emotional content coming up. So please be warned. Um, and also be warned that uh, it's going to move you and it's going to groove you. So thank you so much for listening to The Arts Report. Stay tuned for Arts Project, where we have the set from Patricia Smith, the sixth annual Pan-African Poetry Slam. Good night. This is Scruff Mouth the Scribe, plugged in on number three, all the way live and direct on CITR 101.9. UBC represent, connect the dots... A four-time individual champion of the National Poetry Slam, the most successful poet in the competition's history. She was featured in the nationally released film Slam Nation and appeared on an episode of the HBO series Deaf Poetry Jam. Yeah, I know you've seen that. I know you've seen that. Smith has performed around the world including Carnegie Hall, The Poet's Stage in Stockholm, Rotterdam's Poetry International. She's the author of six books of poetry, including Blood Dazzler, a book of poems chronicling the tragedy, the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina, which was a 2008 National Book Award finalist. And uh, yeah, without further ado, Patricia Smith, may, may you do us the honors, please. Mic stand, mic stand. One more clap, yeah! That's great. How's everybody doing? Very, very happy to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Vancouver's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. This was my Facebook update. I said... Is all exclamation points. I said, I'm in Vancouver. Everyone's smiling. It's blissfully integrated. And it smells like universal health care. <laughs> People are mad at me now. All right. Um, okay, this is a poem for John Coltrane. I always shudder when I pray. Mama say the Lord enters you in stages, first like a lit match under your skin, then like an animal biting through bone with soft teeth. Mama say lie still and wait for glory to consume you, wrap its way into your map like a lover had his finger on paradise, knew the way with all his heart, then lost it. I always shudder when I pray. So your name must be a prayer. Saying your name colors my mouth, frees loose this river, changes my skin, turns my spine to string. I pray all, all the time now. Amen. 
Try not to touch me while I tell this. Try not to brush the thick tips of your fingers against my throat while my throat moves telling this story. Don't suddenly squeeze my bare shoulders or travel your mouth along the flat swell of my belly. Whatever you do, don't bite at the hollow in my back. Whisper touch my ankles or match our skin like spoons. Don't punctuate this rambling sentence with your tongue or trace your name on the backs of my legs. Please don't walk the question of your breath along my thighs or draw a map on my quivering breastbone guiding me to you, me to you, me to you, me to you. Do not play me that way. Don't play me that way, the way the sax man plays his lady, blowing into her mouth until she cries, allowing her no breath of her own. Don't play me that way, baby, the way the sax man plays his lady, strangling soft murder, notes like bullets, riffs like knives, and a downbeat slapping into her, and she sighs, into her, and she cries, into her, and she whines like the night turning. Just let me sit here on the bar stool, sipping something bitter. Let me cross my legs slow, like the colored girls do, and let me feel your eyes go there. Let me feed on glory and grow fat. Meanwhile, lover, let's fill this wicked church with music. Let me lean into the song for once without your mouth on me. The music will match under my skin, and I dance. All legs and thunderous and heels too high. I dance cheap perfume and black nail polish. Shark skin congregation, heads pressed, attitudes too tight. Won't scream until it gets to be too much. Won't beg for mercy until I wreck the landscape with my hips. Barstool's filling. Everybody's waiting for the glory to move through me. Rock me with hosannas, shake me with hallelujahs to break these boy bones. They wait for you, supreme love, to pull me out on the dance floor. Whisper come-ons in my ear. Make me kick my heels above my head. High heels above my nappy head. While they wait, I will dance with the sax man. I will shiver as he presses my keys. Him and me bobbing, we are wicked shirts. So do not play. Do not, do, did you hear me tell you do not play me that way? The way I pray to be played. Mama say the Lord enters you in stages. Play me that way. First like a lip match under my skin. Play me that way. Then like an animal biting through bone with soft teeth. Play me. Mama say lie still and wait for glory. That way. To consume me. That way. Work my keys. That way. Work my key. Wait, wait a minute. Come around here and press that key twice. That felt kind of good. Wait a minute. Let's. Don't pay me no mind, lover. I always shudder when I pray. Thank you. <laughs> Find me a job. <laughs> I do a lot of traveling. I go into a lot of schools, and the first time I really went traveling and doing poetry in other places, I went to Miami, Florida, and I did poetry for a group of sixth graders, and I went bounding in saying, I'm here to teach you poetry. And the area that I was in had a high incidence of drug use. A lot of the kids had lost parents or brothers or sisters to AIDS, and so they're looking at me like, yeah, how are you going to make my life better? So... Um, this is dedicated to the sixth grade class at Lily Sevens Elementary School, Dade County, Miami. The poem is 15 years old, and they made me promise to say that 
every time I did it, Paul. I am astonished at their mouthful names. Lacanicia, Chevalane, Deleo, Fumaleo. Their ragged rebellions and lip gloss pouts and all those pants drooped as drapery. I rejoice when they kiss my face, whisper wet and urgent in my ear, make me their obsession because I have brought them poetry. They shout me raw, bruise my wrist with their pulling, and brashly claim me as mama as they cradle my head in their little laps, waiting for new words to grow in my mouth. You, you, you. Angry, jubilant, weeping poets, we are all saviors, reluctant hosannas in the limelight, but you knew that, didn't you? So let us bless this sixth grade class. Forty cracking voices, forty nappy heads, and all of them raise their hands when I ask. They have all seen the reaper, grim in his heavy robe, pushing the button for the dead project elevator, waiting for a break from the corner pawn shop, kicking it wildly in the back pew of the Baptist church. I ask the death question, and 40 fists punch the air. Me! Me! In O'Neill, matchstick crack child watched his mother's body become a claw. And nine-year-old Tico Jefferson, barely big enough to lift the gun, fired a bullet into his throat when Mama bended his back with a lead pipe. Tamika cried into a sofa pillow when Daddy blasted Mama into the north wall of their cluttered one-room apartment. Danya's cousin, gone in a drive-by, dark window, click, 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 gone, says Danya, her tiny finger a barrel, the thumb a hammer. I am astonished at their losses. And yet when I read a poem about my own hard-eyed teenager, Jeffrey asks, is he dead yet? Cannot be comprehended. My 18-year-old still pushing and pulling his own breath. And 40 faces pity me, knowing that I will soon be as they are, numb to our bloodied histories, favoring the reaper with a thumbs up and a wink, hearing the question and shouting, me, me, Miss Smith, I know somebody dead. Can poetry hurt us, they ask me, before crawling into my words to sleep? I love you, Nicole says. Nicole wearing my face, pimples peppering her nose, and she is as black as angels are. Nicole's braids kissed with match flame to seal them. And can you teach me to write a poem about my mama, Miss Smith? I mean, you write about your daddy, and he's dead. Can you, can you teach me to remember my mama? A teacher tells me this is the first time Nicole has admitted that her mother is gone. Murdered by slim silver needles and a stranger rifling through her blood, the virus pushing her skeleton through for Nicole to see. And now this child with emptied knees and mismatched shoes sees poetry as her scream and asks me for the words to build her mother again, replacing the voice, stitching on the lost flesh. So poets, as we take the stage, as we flirt and sin and rejoice behind microphones, remember Nicole.
She knows that we are here now, and she is an empty vessel waiting to be filled. And she is waiting. And she's waiting. And she waits. Thank you. This is something that happened in the Bronx, New York, on the day of the elections uh, when Barack Obama was elected for the first time. All right? All right. On a slush side street in the Bronx, a determined hustler attacks your smudged windshield with enterprise, sloshes the pain with old water, and rocks a feverish squeegee before you can mouth the word, no. Stunned at a sluggish stoplight, you have no choice but to force a smile, nod idly while he stretches his bony machine of body across your hood and whips the gritty wet round and round. It's a second before you notice that his mouth is moving, that although he leapt to his task without warning, he is now attempting to converse, as men do, to pass the time to shoot the shit. You avoid the mouth, choosing instead to scan the dank street for anything, and there is lots to see. Stands tiled with cheap neon skull caps, shuttered houses of praise, the fragrant entrance to chicken ribs and such, a city-assed woman drilling her stilettos into concrete, the butcher shop with price tags pinned to sick meat. In other words, there's nothing to see. He's still draped across your Corolla, wiping, squeaking dry and mouthing. Damn insistent now, he thumps on your windshield, and the light has changed now, and behind you, drivers toot elegant middle fingers. You scramble for your wallet because, damn it, that's right, you got to pay the guy for the gray crisp cross swiping that dims the chaos just enough. But what's the message of that mouth? He needs you to know something. Inside the huge O of his wild miming, there's a collision of collapsed teeth, and you slide your window down to a symphony of horn and mad street spittle and your hustler's message what he had to get across before he let you pull away from that street light Obama 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 he spurt screeches his eyes fevered with whiskey and damn it all no verbs or adornment just Obama as if his wiping little life is stuck on triumph as if, that, as if that's all anybody needs to know this day and as he leans in to roar his one word stanza damn the money you see that every single one of his teeth tilted and pushing for real estate in his mouth every single one of them is a gold like you've never seen before Uh, my mother, my mother, my father used to take me to the barber shop with him when I was a little kid. And um, when my son was little, I took him to the barber shop. And black barber shops on Saturday morning, and I'm in another country, so I'm not sure, but the barber gossips about everybody. Okay, there's a big picture window, and everybody who goes by outside, he knows some of their business, and he says it. And then sometimes he forgets you're sitting there, he starts talking about you. So, okay, I'll wait till you leave. Um, and uh, there was a, I'm originally from Chicago, and there's a barber there by the name of Terrell. And when I was little, I remembered, like, Terrell's running commentary. Uh, and he was always talking about how much sex he was going to have, even though you know he hadn't had any since the Eisenhower administration. 
So I write a lot of persona poems. So this is what I remember about Terrell's voice. And this is, this is Saturday morning in the barbershop in the neighborhood where I grew up. Well, look who comes walking into that barbershop still wearing that jerry curl. You know, man, it's 2000. Ain't nobody got no time for that grease trickling all down their neck, especially hot as it is out there. Let me clip that stuff down. Let those naps grow out. You know, a couple of weeks, I will hook you up with a fade. The sisters don't like putting their hands in that greasy mess. And then just see that child, Aretha, on stage is the president's thing, trailing all that fur like she's Queen Elizabeth and all that fat underneath it. I ain't never seen no black woman with money stay fat. She can see her coming, even the bones get scared. That child will eat a spaghetti strap. What's that song she sang, Ain't No Way? Well, I guess it sure ain't. She got one chance, though. If you stay alive long enough, time will make you skinny. I just don't know if she got that much time. Oh, yeah, there go that gal I was telling y'all about. Got enough ass to bounce a drink on. I'm going to be knee-deep in that come Friday night, and my name ain't Terrell Anderson Jr., and ain't got my hand tussling in y'all nappy heads. Man, she know me yet, but she will. I bet she ain't already heard about how my love-making and put a few sisters on crutches. Hot <laughs> and whip some of this nature on them. Now they drooling, barking like dogs. Hell, y'all could laugh if y'all want. Thomas, you ask your sister. And you over there, ask your mama. They say size don't matter, but it do if it's this size, man. I have to bind this to my leg. It would scare y'all out of here. Come next week, y'all can ask that gal y'all just seen. She be passing by that one in the wheelchair. Mark my words. And, and Thomas, one too many times I didn't seen your wife over there across the street in the butcher shop. And the meat she asking for ain't what makes it to your table for supper. She's over there all behind the counter like she's interested in the butcher's business. What she interested in is the butcher's business. And you better start taking care of business at your own home, my man, before she get a taste of that sausage she's selling. Then you be up here talking about, she gone, she gone. I'm telling you, women are liberated nowadays. You can't be climbing up on top of them, poking them like you got somewhere else to be in five minutes. And every time you get a chance, there you are up in the Continental, sniffing all up Deborah Ann's young butt like she wants something from you beside that money you always waving around. Man, let me tell you, anytime you see flies buzzing around a woman, and it ain't summer, it's time to move on to another woman. I don't know, man, your wife got some nice legs on her, though. If that butcher don't take her up on that, I might get in line. And wait, wait, what are you talking about? What's wrong with your boy? Damn near 40 years old, no woman in sight. Could be he just ugly, though. You know, the other night, I heard a blind woman turning him down. Said she could just imagine how ugly he was. Now, what are, you, uh, what are you over there talking about some activator, man? You better activate your head on this razor and let me clip that stuff out of there. Let me see if I get this across to you. This is 2000. Black man is free now. Superfly done flew. I've been doing this 40 years. This is Terrell's Afrocentric Barbershop Fade Palace and Wild Style Emporium. Now put your ass in my chair and put your head in my hands. All right, you guys know Tom and Jerry? Yeah. If you're watching up Tom and Jerry... You know that, that there's a woman on there, 
and you only see her from the waist down, and she got big, thick black legs, and she got scuffs, and she never lifts her feet up. She walks like, and she's like, Tom, if you was in that cabinet, I'm just, you know, like, it's like, what? You couldn't even show her face. Thank you so much. But then she's got this website. What? 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 <laughs> I mean, she didn't do it, but <laughs> she's a cartoon character, everybody. She has a website dedicated to her. And because I was looking up some information, because I just did this thing in Seattle about um, strong female leads I was supposed to write. And I was like, I'm writing about her. So she has a name. Is it Megan? No. Is it Clarice? No. She's Mammy Two Shoes. Right? I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and Tom actually belongs to her. The mistress of the house gave Tom to her for a gift. So Tom is her cat. All right? So that's more information about her than you ever thought you would hear. But anyway, this is the ballad of, of Mamie Two-Shoes. I am insipid, double negative, an overwrought belly of warm walls. I carry the huge syrupy burden of your love in my yawning breaches of body. When I laugh, which to you must be the way I breathe, I spread my lips wide so you can see that my canines are filed flat. My bite has lost its engine. This is a constant comfort to you, I'm sure. I stammer and spittle, stumble over your idioms and peek at nouns. I Google eye and, vexed and amused by even trying to profess and pronounce, I throw up butter-slathered fingers in defeat and await your kind correction. But I cannot bite, no matter how much I'm drawn to the spiced bouquet of your throat. I am your beloved other, sexless stovetop stinking of cinnamon, but I am so impossibly unlit, so black that my voice seems to ride the air alone, so black that you've considered bolting my ghost to the floor of the kitchen. I need you to believe that yes is all of my language, that I am conjured of bulbous gaze and the head droop. I need you to keep creating me, forever on the verge of a grand gospel weep, cursing, cursing out that wretched cat, plunging chunks of bread into a tin of warm bacon grease, and gobbling, gobbling back the bitter in my mouth. I'm only simple-minded on cue. I know that you always see me when you see me, only from the knees down, calves like tree trunks brushed by the scalloped hem of an apron. I know why my bulging heels are so hard, gray and gravel, because I should never need to lift my fuzzy scuffs from the floor. I am meant to walk as if I were being dragged. But I must be a whole of something because I frighten you. Because you gave me that cat, damn skanky thing, gone crazy with motivation and mange. Tom, if you's in that icebox, start praying. Lord, Lord, is that a mouse? And just like that, I want to cheer all a jiggle. You blessed me with a look down, a reason to wag my chubby finger at something, a little push-pull, oh no you didn't, kingdom to rule, a reason to flap my gums and call on Jesus to help. You gave me pussy and vermin, the same way you gave me your children, your squirming, corn-silk-headed children who began their lives by scarring my breasts with their teeth, who have since mounted my body and ridden every surface that would hold them. 
They have clawed beneath my head rag for the sick miracle of my hair, scratched my skin raw and looked for black beneath their fingernails. And yes, they've gone stupid with the sugar, lard, and mouse droppings I shovel into bowls and then into their mouths. When they dream, they rip at those scratches, searching in all that flabby darkness for a mother who is more feral, a mother who is much more animal than you. I was writing that, I was writing, I said, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. And I wrote it, and I was reading it in Seattle, and I got mad. People in the audience were like, what can we do? What can we do? And I had to say, she's a cartoon character. That's <laughs> all right. OK, one more? OK. Uh, there's a performance artist in the States by the name of Karen Finley. Well, there was a big big controversy with her. She was getting money from the NEA um, and she was doing performance art and one of her, uh, somebody saw one of her performances and what she did, baby, she came out on a stage naked, slathered in chocolate and she stuck a yam up her butt and said a couple of words and that was her performance. I would guess she said, ouch, but I don't know. <laughs> it's like, sure. What? Whoa, whoa, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so some, some people in government said, oh my God, is this what we're spending our tax dollars for? And it was a big deal. So I moved to this place in New York and it winds up that she's like, her daughter goes to my kid's school and she's like a soccer mom. So she gave a little writing workshop when I was in this writing workshop and she said, um, I want you to go to a drugstore and find a, a, a scent that you remember from your childhood take it home, put it on cotton balls, and put it around your writing space and see what happens. So I'm in, the, in, I'm in the store, and I'm with some other students, and they're picking up, like, suntan oil and stuff. I said, well, not that. Um, <laughs> but my mother is the cleanest person on, in the history of the world. My mother has a white carpet in her studio apartment. I don't mean bone white. I don't mean ivory. I mean snow. And it's been in there for years, and there's not a stain on it. And on my mother's bed, she has the same bed clothes that she had when I was a child. She, t she puts them in the cleaners, to clean in the cleaners, and irons them and puts them back on her bed. She washes her underwear out every night and puts them over the shower rod. It's just like, wow, how did I come from you? Uh, and then she would wipe the walls and stuff with disinfectant. So the house always smelled really medicinal. Uh, so I'm looking in the cleaning aisle for something from my childhood. And there's a, a regular bottle of Lysol that everybody used. And then there's a little tiny blood red bottle with like a skull and crossbones on it that you're supposed to dilute and not, you know, don't use this without the, And my mother used to use it straight out of the bottle, which explains a lot about my brain function. Um, so I found this. I put on the, on the cotton balls. I put it around my writing space. And I thought I was going to write a funny poem about how clean my mother was. And something, ha something happened, <laughs> and it came to me, and I, I said, that can't be true. And I called my mother, and she said, oh, yeah, we all used to do that. And that's where this poem came from. What surfaces can I use this product on? Answer. Lysol may be used on hard, non-porous surfaces throughout your home. 
Lysol cleans, disinfects, and deodorizes regular and non-wax floors, non-wood cabinets, sinks, and garbage pails. For painted surfaces, it is recommended that the product first be tested in a small, inconspicuous area. Can Lysol be used in the kitchen? Answer. Lysol may be used on countertops, refrigerators, non-wood cabinets, sinks, stovetops, and microwave ovens. For the bathroom, it may be used for tiles, tubs, sinks, and porcelain. And for all around the house, it may be used on floors, garbage cans, in the basement, and in the garage. Can I use this in my refrigerator? Answer. Lysol may be used on the inside of a refrigerator. However, you must remove all food and rinse well after using the product. Can I use this to kill mold and mildew? Yes. Lysol controls the growth of mold and mildew. It kills the mold, but removal of the stain associated with mold and mildew can sometimes be tough. Can I use this to scrub the uncontrollable black from the surface of my daughter to make her less Negro and somehow less embarrassing to me? She's like the hour after midnight, that child is. Why, yes. Begin with one Sears Gray Swirl Dinette Set Cheer, screeching across the hardwood on spindly steel legs. Place the offending child on the ruptured plastic of the seat. Demand that she bend her neck to grant you access to the damaged area. You know, of course, that black begins at the back of the neck. Grab a kitchen towel, a washcloth, or sponge, and soak with undiluted Lysol concentrate. Ignoring the howls of the impossibly Negro child, scrub vigorously until the offending black surrenders. There may be inflammation, a painful rebellion of skin, or slight bleeding. This is simply the first step to righteousness. The child must be punished for her lack of silky tresses, her broad sinful nose, that dark Negroid blanket she wears. Layers of her must disappear. Precautionary statements, danger, corrosive to eyes and skin, harmful if swallowed, causes eye and skin damage. Do not get in eyes or on skin. Wear protective eyewear and rubber gloves when handling. Woman, your mission is beyond this. You must clean the child, burn the southern sun from her. If she squirms from the hurting, demand that she hold on to the sides of the chair. Soak towel or sponge with our patented holy water. Repeat application. I have tried to understand. Precautionary statements, my mother. Danger, her hatred of this. Corrosive to eyes and skin, of the me that wears this. Harmful of swallowed, the monster she had. Causes eye and skin damage, the monster she wanted. Do not get in eyes or on skin. Mama, can't you read it? You want me to read it to you? I can't help being my color. I am black. I am not dirty. I am black. I am not dirty. I am black. I am not dirty. What you have birthed upon me will not come off. My hair is crinkled steel, too short to stay plaited. My ass is wide and will get wider. You can pinch my nose, but it will remain a landscape. You cannot reverse me. What is filthy to you will never be cleansed. There is only one thing you can change. I am not dirty. I am black. I am not dirty. I am black. I am not black. I am dirty. I am dirty black. Not black. I am black and dirty. Dirt is black. Black is dirty. You convince me that I am what is wrong in this world. Scrub me right. Bleed me lighter. What is the difference between disinfection and sanitation? Why are there two different usage directions for each?
Answer. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, disinfection is killing more than 99.99% of germs on hard, non-porous surfaces in 10 minutes and may pertain to a number of different types of bacteria. The EPA defines sanitation as killing 99.9% of bacteria in five minutes or less. Lysol products achieve sanitation in 30 seconds. 29, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 